Welcome into the Sports Objective. You're listening to our NCD1 Baseball Preview, Volume 3. And on this episode, you're going to hear from Charlotte head coach Robert Woodard, High Point head coach Joey Hammond, uh, Jim Chester, who's the head coach of the Gardner-Webb Running Bulldogs, and Justin Hare of Campbell. Let's go ahead and get things underway, and let's go to that conversation that we had with the head coach of the Charlotte 49ers, Robert Woodard. objective we appreciate everyone tuning in whenever and however you're watching or listening or whether it's facebook youtube or twitter and remember our show can be found pretty much anywhere podcasts are found including but not limited to google Podcasts, apple Podcasts, tuning radio soundcloud and spotify we're just over three weeks away from the start of the division one club baseball season right now on our ncd1 baseball preview we're very excited to be joined by the head coach of the charlotte 49ers robert woodard coach welcome back Thanks, Bob. It's great to be here. Appreciate you taking the time out to talk Charlotte baseball. No doubt. Uh, we appreciate your time this morning. And, Coach, um, following year one, uh, you executed a major roster overhaul. And, uh, man, did it pay off in a big way. 40 wins a season ago and uh, one of the better seasons in program history. Yeah, thanks. No, I mean, it's um, – yeah, the, you know, with COVID in 2020, we only got to play 17 games. And so last year was really our first full season – and um, but, you know, we really spent that, you know, the really the whole COVID year working our tails off, trying to really build a strong of a foundation um, here as a coaching staff as we possibly could. And like you said, we had some really tremendous players come into the program uh, before last season, um, you know, really the fall of fall of 2020. I mean, I think we brought in uh, a 28 player recruiting class and you, know, you got guys like Austin Knight uh, transfer from Tennessee ends up being Conference USA player of the year. Jack Dragum comes in and plays 61 games at shortstop. Aaron McEthan comes in and he's a 16th round draft pick, catcher behind the plate amongst so many others. And um, it was just, it, it was about as much fun as I've ever had being in a dugout uh, from start to finish. And, uh, and, and, you know, just a lot of special memories from last year's team. Yeah, no doubt um, that team accomplished so much. And I'm, um, you know, looking forward to 2022. Um, talk about some of the, the changes you made, I know, I know you have a new addition to your coaching staff. Um, you chose to go in a di- different direction in terms of your hitting coach. Uh, you, you had Bo Robinson. Uh, he, is, he is a Charlotte guy, but uh, um, you now have brought in uh, Phil Sebuhar from uh, over in Arkansas. He had been with the Razorbacks and was actually a native of that area. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, Bo had an opportunity to go become the director of player development at NC State, obviously a uh, – a first-class program, Coach Avent, his coaching staff, as everyone saw last year, um, they're doing tremendous things. Um, so he joined their coaching staff, but you know he's an all-time, you know, legend of a player here, and his number's honored here, and um, was just a heck of a coach here in his time here. And as you said, you know, um, this August, you know, Phil joined us from Arkansas, and he has just hit the ground running with really implementing a lot of. Uh, 
things that are exciting on the on the offensive side, on the swing side, on the approach side, the mental side. That um, you know, from what we saw this fall against our own pitchers, and we open up preseason tomorrow uh, with scrimmages, and um, you know we're really excited about. So just a lot of really good energy around the offensive side of the ball right now for our for our club. When you really take a look at last year's club, I think we probably start with a guy like Austin Knight, uh, All-American by multiple publications. Uh, what a year he had, and I uh, had the opportunity you know, to see him play several games in person, and uh, what a player. Yeah, he's a, he's a program changer. Uh, there, you know, he, he, amongst other guys, you know, uh, on the club last year and, and back or coming in this year, I mean, there, there's – there's certain players you, I think you know. This is my 12th year coaching Division One baseball. There's 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 players now, whether it's the Colin Morans when I first started coaching, or the Michael Bush, Bushes, or JB Bukowskis's, et cetera. You know, there's there's certain guys you coach where you just kind of you you just have this sense that they're changing your program, they're taking it to new heights, and uh, you know, Austin is certainly that for us. David McCabe is certainly that for us. Um, and Will Butcher is certainly that for us. So, and there's, there's, there's so many other guys, honestly, that it's just, uh, as a coach, I just try to relish it and enjoy it um, every single day at practice, every day in the weight room, every time we're in the dugout together, because, you know, as we all know as coaches, I mean, you only get, a, you only get so much time, you know, with, with, that, with those guys, and you just try to make the most of it. You know, so you referenced some of those other guys that played a significant role on the 2021 club. Um, if, if you would, you know, very quickly, you know, take us around the horn. Uh, start with the infielders and uh, tell us um, how things are looking going into a preseason practice. Yeah, as far as heading into this year, you know, we've got some we've got some familiar faces. As I mentioned, David McCabe, um, he played 37 games last year and hit 14 home runs and. Um, you know, so he's he's stronger, he's healthier. Um, play discipline, we feel like, has has gotten to an, gotten to another level. He's a year older. Um, I, I think I think he and Austin Knight are two of the best players in the country. Um, you know, Austin was a Austin was a Golden Spike semifinalist, and I think if Dave had played, you know, hadn't gotten dinged up, which you can't really control, uh, I think he would have been, you know, in the running for being a Golden Spike semifinalist, if not even a finalist. So. Um, you know, those, those two guys, uh, I think you'll see both of those guys at, at third base in some capacity this year. Um, we're, we've worked – Austin can play shortstop, um, but we've worked him all out, all out a lot at second base um, because we've had the addition of Josh Madol from first baseman from UNC Greensboro, um, who just he, – he torched our pitching staff this fall. Um, I think he walked at – at a 21 strikeout or walk to strikeout was like a 21 to five clip this fall um, with about in about 90 at bats. So, um, and he's a, he's a really, he's a plus defender left, left at first base. So I think you'll see Josh Madol a lot at first base, which allows us, which frees us up to have some options as far as moving guys around with McCabe at third and Austin Knight at second. And then we have Jack Dragon back who played 61 games at shortstop, um, you know, for us, but, um, Certainly can't you know leave out Nate Furman who um, who has elevated his game across the board. I think he said and you know he might have he might be the all-time hit leader in the the Valley League this past this past summer and have you know probably the best plate discipline and and 
uh, swing decision I've maybe ever coached. Um, and, and the makeup is off the charts. So, and he's, and he's worked himself into being, you know, a really, really good infielder. So, um, you know, those really, those five guys are probably going to be the mainstays on the infield defensively. And the thing that we like about it is, you know, Madol's a left-handed hitter, Furman's a left-handed hitter, McCabe's a switch hitter, and then Dragon and Knight are both righties. So it gives us a lot of different looks in the batter's box and as far as matchups as well. Shifting over to the outfield, um, you know, tell folks um, what you return and then, you know, who may be coming in that could see significant time. Yeah, I think, I think outfield, especially corner outfield, is probably where – um, you know, we've worked the hardest at in, in terms of just like our, our defensive skill work in terms of trying to really push guys to get better. I mean, I think we have Jake Cunningham back in center field who he might be, you know, he, he might be the best prospect on our, on our team. Uh, he's, he's a 23 draft eligible center fielder. He's six, four, but looks six, five, takes him about five strides to get to first base. Um, the power's making a, uh, is making a jump, um, He's just an incredibly hard worker who um, has really put himself, I think, in a, in a position to have a really breakout sophomore year for us. And um, just a, he's an exciting center fielder. And then, you know, the corner outfield spot, I think, you know, that that's kind of where uh, we, we like all of our outfielders as far as in the batter's box and what they bring to the table. It's just about making sure that we, we play lockdown defense um, as we like to do here. And, you know, I think, uh, but I'd say Cam Fisher, uh, and Will Butcher, we're really giving them opportunities to try to to try to be everyday guys out there in those positions. Um, both of those guys have the ability to hit for significant power, and um, they've just they're 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 tireless workers in terms of becoming becoming you know uh, really good corner outfielders. But you know Hunter Baker and Blake Jackson as well. I mean they're right there, and both of those guys are left-handed hitters who can hit the ball out of the yard and. Um, they might cover a little bit more ground and, and, and be a little bit more polished out there in the outfield. So um, our outfield group is, is really versatile. It kind of is just going to hinge upon whether we want to be more offensive or defensive uh, with our approach. Moving over to your pitching staff, I mean, tell us about the weekend rotation. Um, obviously, you got three weeks before you play, so things yeah. can change. But um, as of right now, on, uh, um, here in the last few days of January, how are things looking? Yeah, I mean, it's we've gone through about three weeks of, you know, almost three weeks of skill work here in a full fall. So, um, you know, I just and I told our I told our pitching staff this. I mean, my sophomore year of college, I I didn't have a role. I wasn't a closer. I wasn't a starter. And I ended up, you know, I ended up by the end of my sophomore year of college being, you know, pitching on Friday against Georgia Tech on the weekend. So, um, you know, everybody, you know, there's nothing set in stone. Um, that we, we're, we're just getting in the thick of the, co the competition as far as the scrimmage, the scrimmage and full team practice segment goes. Um, but, you know, as far as what we've seen so far, I, I think, I think guys like, you know, Cam Hansen, chat, chat state uh, transfer, right-handed pitchers, about 6'4", 235, 240 can really pitch. There's a lot of polish there. Um, we're excited about him. We have a um, left-handed pitcher returning in Spencer Geesting, who um, again, he's, Pitched in Cape Cod this past summer for the Harwich Mariners. Pitched a ton for us on weekends last year and is up to 94 with with really good off speed and you know might be our best athlete on the pitching staff. So so Spencer is certainly going to be a huge huge part of our our pitching staff. Quentin Martinez is a 6'4 left-handed pitcher from Appalachian State that we 
um, we're really excited about as well. He's been up to 94 um, and um, just really tried to who can, and he really commands the fastball. So, um, you know, I'm excited to, to really see him compete. We returned Matt Brooks, who, um, you know, probably pitched, didn't have, we didn't have the result that we wanted there in the regionals, but he threw about, you know, eight innings of one run ball against a really good Maryland club to give us a chance to win in a regional. And um, amongst many other games, I mean, he shut out Old Dominion um, and, and uh, who might've been the best offense we saw last year um, here at home. And, and we've got him, you know, we've got, so we've got Brooksy back, who's about 27 years old. He's, this is a six year in the program. Um, you know, so we're excited about him. Um, you know, Will Lancaster is a, is a left-handed pitcher transfer from USC upstate. Again, another one of those like kind of six, three, six, four lefties. Um, velocity is not quite the same, but he's a real crossfire pitchability uh, lefty that um, has, has probably has pitched as good as any pitcher uh, here with us um, since he's been here. So, you know, listed a number of guys, you know, we've got, we've got an a tra East Carolina transfer, uh, AJ Wilson, who's a left-handed pitcher who um, might have some of the best off speed um, and his fastballs played up since he's been here for us. So, um, you know, we're excited about him as well. And we've, we've given him an opportunity to kind of compete in that starters, that starting role. Um, but again, there, I'm sure, I'm sure there's, Three or four guys that that I'm I'm not even I haven't even mentioned that are that are going to compete this entire preseason and have real shots at starting at the week on the weekend. And overall, on, as far as the depth of your staff, I mean, how do you feel about your bullpen and um, how many you know proven arms do you have going into the season? Yeah, I mean, I feel great about this pitching staff. Uh, the thing that we really tried to emphasize, um, as far as uh, you know, in, in this twenty you know, 2021 recruiting class uh, that we brought in. We brought in, I think, 26 players. And I think we brought in 15 new pitchers. So um, we really tried to put an emphasis on uh, transfers and junior college players that we felt like, um, you know, we felt like had a little bit more upside on the pitchability um, with enough stuff. So, um, you know, last year, last year we, we set as a program, we set the, all-time strikeout record in Charlotte baseball history, I think, with 557 uh, strikeouts, which I think was a, you know, the rec previous record had been set in 1999 with just under 500. Um, you know, so we like our ability, we like our ability to, 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 to put guys away, but, um, you know, I think for us, we really tried to emphasize uh, developing and recruiting pitchability, um, you know, at, to the best of our ability since last summer. Um, and we really like the returns that we've seen um, just in the fall and early here in the preseason. So um, as far as bullpen goes, you know, I mean, we've got 29-year-old Colby Bruce, who's in his sixth year. Um, he's not actually 29, but, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's been in his sixth year. And I think a lot of people have kind of forgotten about him. But when we got here, he was our, he was our best pitcher. And he was preseason All-American uh, relief pitcher for us on the 2020 team that got cut short. Um, and then when he was, and then over the, and during COVID while he was, while he was training, um, you know, he, uh, had ran into an elbow issue and Tommy John and he rehabbed all of last year. So, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, kind of forgot the fact that we, we did what we did last year with maybe our, without our best pitcher and, uh, we've got him back. 
So, um, so Colby will be there in the bullpen, but again, not opposed to you know building building him up and using him in a different role. But I would I would expect to see, you know, if we have a one run lead opening day, I'd expect to see him in the game uh, in the ninth inning. But you know, we've got some other guys and Evan Michelson, who's a really a really strong right handed pitcher from um, from Jacksonville, Florida, who fastball can run it up there to 96, 97 with a good breaker and, and, um, and split. So, um, you know, he's been really impressive for us. Tony Rossi, another Florida junior college transfer has been really impressive for us. Uh, Colin Kramer, big left is about a six, five left-handed pitcher from Northern Iowa area community college. And, uh, he's been, he's been lights out since he stepped foot on this campus and one of our hardest workers, so um, just really excited to see what he can do in either the starter, the, the reliever or starter role for us. I mean, again, just another one of those really versatile guys. Um, but we really like, you know, and then we got two strike throwing righties that are really polished and Paxton Thompson and Michael O that we feel like are going to, are, are going to, um, you know, really pitch some very valuable innings for us as well. So again, um, you know, I'm leaving out guys. I'm Hale Sims and, and Gus Hughes and you know two more righty two more righties that we feel like um you know they're in their second year in our program and and their pitchability and stuff have made jumps gus hughes might have one of the best breakers on our pitching staff and and hale sims um you know he's added a new breaking ball um while working with coach miney and and um some of those some of our pitch design sessions in the fall and it's 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 made a jump so um yeah you know, I'm, I'm listing a lot of names and I'm leaving a few guys out because, like I said, we start team practice tomorrow. And we're we're going to learn a lot more the next three weeks here in the preseason about our club. A couple more things for you, Coach. Uh, taking a look at the schedule, it's always um, in, in this region, as we've talked in the past, um, you have, you'd have to about try to, to uh, not put together a good schedule, but a um, tremendous uh, slate for your club. Uh, I think there's nine teams that were in the NCAA tournament a season ago and you start things off. Uh, um, need opportunity for your club to uh, go down to Florida to play a non-conference uh, weekend for the first time in uh, uh, over uh, 25 years and play uh, three tremendous programs like Louisville, UConn, and USF. Yeah, I mean, right out of the gate, here we go. Um, there's no, there's no, there's no tiptoeing into the the 22 season for us. Um, yeah, we 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 really, um, you know, by design, um, we really want to try to continue to. Um, you know, schedule schedule harder and harder um, as as we can. We like we think that that, that approach is going to serve us well as far as being ready for conference tournament and the NCAA tournament. And as you mentioned, I mean, when you're in Charlotte, North Carolina, it's it's you don't have to look very far to find good opponents. They're all over the place. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll go down and play in in the, the Florida Sun uh, the first the first three games of the season against, as you mentioned, Louisville, UConn, and South Florida. But then we come back and, and play about, a, uh, I think, an 18-game home stretch uh, here at the Hayes. So, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a tough schedule, but it's a schedule we're, we're very excited about and gives our, it gives our fan base a lot of opportunities to come out and see our guys play. No doubt. And uh, before we move on from the schedule, I did want to call attention to – I know you have a three-game series with the Big 12 foe there at – Hayes and that is um, West Virginia. Yeah, Coach Maisie's club. I mean, they're they're 
you know, they're extremely talented. Um, they've got a ton of really good arms uh, on their on their staff this year. So um, Steve Sabins, the recruiting coordinator, is one of the best recruiting coordinators in the country. Um, you know, and so they just do they do a really great job up there. And and um, I think, you know, I think West Virginia's. Um, I don't don't ask me how I know this, but I think West Virginia's um, alumni base. I think like outside of the state of West Virginia, I think Charlotte, North Carolina, might be, um, you know, one of the biggest for them. So you combine our fans with their fans, it should be it should be a pretty raucous uh, weekend, and and that's that's what you want. You want to be you want to be playing in those types of games all year long. And uh, lastly, coach, before we wrap this up, I, I want. You did plug your first pitch dinner on I mean, you have that coming up on February 11th and your, and your keynote speaker and he's someone who obviously knows a lot about your program and um, that family means a lot to this region. Yeah, definitely. We're excited about it. Um, you know, just we, we're still working through kind of, you know, some 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 restrictions of sorts, I guess, um, you know, but um, it, it's, you know, that event is just a really a really special event for our program. It's an opportunity for alumni and former players um, to, to come back and, and, and fans, you know, to really celebrate Charlotte baseball, its history, its traditions, and, and, and get to know the new team. So it's a really exciting night. And, uh, you know, our coaching staff is, you know, um, we're, we're very thankful just in these times to even be able to put something like that on. So it'll be great. And uh, also, uh, you have the uh, the Grand Slam Club, right, um, for for supporters of the program, and um, and you know, looking at that on the website, and some pretty neat incentives. Obviously, um, those folks just love Charlotte baseball, but uh, you know, they they get some nice things in return uh, for their support of the program. Yeah, we've yeah, absolutely. You know, it's something that um, you know the Grand Slam Club had been had been a staple for Charlotte baseball for a number of years prior to even our coaching staff's arrival. And, it's, and, and so we've just tried to continue it and build it up and try to um, really use the Grand Slam Club as a, you know, as an opportunity for former players and fans and anybody that cares about Charlotte baseball and wants to see us be successful, um, have a direct impact into our, into our club and into our program. I mean, um, you know, so the Grand Slam Club, that goes directly to everything from improving the quality of our uh, player development, technology, our team travel, uh, our nutrition station and fueling station we have here at the stadium, um, just team meals, all types of things that really just enhance the student athlete experience. So I'm um, very grateful and very appreciative for every member. And, uh, and um, once we get through, we're, we're, we're getting over some of the supply chain hurdles, but um, we've got some cool stuff that's headed out, headed out to fan base, the fan base uh, here really soon. As always, Coach, we appreciate the visit and um, best of luck throughout the 2022 season. We look forward to having you back on down the road. Thanks, Bob. I really appreciate your time and talking Charlotte baseball. And, uh, um, you know, we always appreciate all you do for, co for covering our team and our sport.
Welcome into the Sports Objective Podcast. Our North Carolina Division One baseball preview is underway. And, you know, snow and ice is here, Coach. And so we know it's about baseball time, right? Coach, can you not hear me? I lost you there. I'm sorry. No problem. We'll yeah, I got you right now. Sorry. Okay. Uh, just one moment. We'll... We'll do that again. Uh, okay, sorry. Yeah, it, it does. Break oh no, it's, no big, it's, sure no, it's no big deal. It's no big deal since we're not live. Since we're just recording, all I have to do is cut off the beginning here. Just one moment. Okay. Could you hear me at all, or was I totally, totally silent? Or... Yeah, no, it was choppy, and then it just totally got silent. Okay. All right. of the sports objective um, you're viewing us all on youtube facebook live is twitter you can also hear our podcast pretty much anywhere podcaster found you know be it google play apple podcast or you know pretty much anywhere one can find podcasts um, snow and ice are in this north carolina region and so that means it must be baseball time and right now very excited to welcome in as we kick off our north carolina division one preview the uh, only new head coach in the state of North Carolina, and that is High Point University's Joey Hammond. Coach, we appreciate your time this afternoon. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me, Bubba. Absolutely. I uh, appreciate you coming on. And, um, you know, right off the bat, um, you know, you're a native of Maryland, but uh, you're no stranger to the state of North Carolina. You spent the last seven years um, over in Winston-Salem at Wake Forest on Tom Walter's staff prior to that. You were at Westchester Country Day School in High Point. Uh, so, and you also uh, spent your uh, college years playing at uh, Charlotte for the 49ers back in the mid to late 90s. So, so just talk about your um, path in the game and, uh, you know, talk about, um, you, you know, just your, your venture here to this head job at High Point University. Yeah, no, um, I appreciate the opportunity to kind of explain that a little bit. It's uh, been a unique path. And, and uh, yeah, looking out the window and seeing a bunch of white stuff on the ground reminds me of, of home a little bit, uh, being that I'm, I'm from Maryland, as you said. And, and um, you know, it was a pretty pretty natural progression to come down south. I think most, most folks that live in that uh, mid-Atlantic or northeast have a, a natural desire to want to come to some warmer weather, although it's not that the case right now. But uh but that's kind of how it started with me to get into North Carolina and um, went to Charlotte. I played there under Lauren Hibbs for three years um, and I met my wife there. So the rest is history as it relates to my, me not going back uh, to, to Maryland and uh, stayed in, in North Carolina from that point. Um, 
you know, and, and uh, I loved it. It was, it, it became home pretty quick. Uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to play professionally for 11 years and every off season I stayed in, in this area and, uh, you know, been kind of landlocked from there and uh, been fortunate enough to continue to do what I love to do, which is coaching. Um, and, and I know I've been blessed uh, to be able to do that at a, you know, at, at the college individual one level at that and, uh, and be able to stay close is, has been a, a true blessing for sure. Talk about your path into coaching. Is that something, you know, when you went to Charlotte to play back all those years ago, is that something you knew you wanted to do then? Or did you decide that you wanted to go into to coaching um, maybe more a little bit later on in your professional career? Yeah, um, actually a really natural, fairly smooth brand, uh, transition. You know, I was a player and, and I think as most players, you know, your five-year-old version of yourself dreamed to play in the big leagues and I was no different. And, um, you know, as I was playing and, and played the majority of the last seven or eight years of my career was in double A AA and triple A. And so, so knocking on the door, um, it was always my dream to continue to, to, to try to get to the big leagues. And that's what I wanted to have happen. But uh, I kind of noticed uh, towards the tail end of my career uh, when I was maybe having some of the best statistical years of my career and they was healthy. Um, I started to have a, a little shift in the passion. I started to really enjoy um, being able to spend time with maybe younger prospects and, and, and be able to help them, you know, um, I guess elevate their, their game and, and, and move on to, to uh, the highest levels. And so I, I think I realized um, at a certain point that I really uh, enjoyed uh, that relationship and that that mentorship, uh, so to speak. And and uh, naturally, I think like a lot of professional players did in the offseason, I would I would come home and do you know private lessons and small group lessons and things. And um, you know that was uh, that was really simple for me to jump right into to, to coaching uh, as soon as I got done playing, just because you know it was a, it was a shift in passion for me uh, and it was a way to continue to stay in this game. Now, your first coaching job, I, I know you spent five seasons, uh, five very successful seasons at Westchester there in High Point. Um, you won three state titles, and you sent probably, what, 15 or so players onto college baseball. But just – was that your first coaching job? Yeah, it was. Um, and uh, really fortunate there, too. A great situation. I, I, um, it's a first-class, you know, uh, high school um, – with, with you know some of the best high school facilities in, in the state for sure and uh and had a, a tremendous amount of support from from you know the uh the headmaster of the school to the athletic directors i had two during my time there and, and other coaches assistant coaches but but the most important thing as you know um you know you, you only win games because your players are good and to your point we had a, a high number of players that were able to play you know, college uh, baseball, high level college baseball, and 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 even a professional, and Donnie Sellers, who's who's still playing in the Blue Jays organization, and so we're really fortunate. You know, really good players tend to make coaches look halfway decent. Yeah, no doubt about it. And um, you know, take us back seven years or so now uh, when you had the chance to make that jump to Wake Forest. Obviously, Coach Walters had so much success there, and now you, know, you obviously had a a great deal to do with that success over the last several years, um, especially you know, on the offensive side of things. Much has been made of the numbers that the Demon Deacons have been putting up. Uh, so if you would just talk about that opportunity to get to the Division One ranks as a volunteer. And, um, and I want to talk more about that later on, just as far as some big picture things uh, with the volunteer coaching in uh, Division One baseball and uh, baseball in general. But just 
talk about that path to Wake Forest and uh, your seven years at Wake. Yeah, great. You know, it starts and ends with with Coach Walter, as you mentioned. You know, that was the the centerpiece of the entire thing. Uh, the you know, I'm forever indebted to him. Um, we, we were able to, you know, create during recruiting process, honestly, with Donnie Sellers to that point um, and, and others. We've been able to kind of uh, start a relationship there. And and I remember having a, a dinner with him. He was kind enough to have a dinner with me maybe two years or so before I even went to Wake Forest, where I had expressed some potential interest of getting into the next level and uh, and asked for some of his advice um, in, in the routes, various different routes we could go and and just expressed that if an opportunity presented itself that I'd have interest. And, um, you know, fast forward a couple of years after that is when an opportunity presented itself at Wake and much to my uh, benefit, you know, Coach Walter reached out and offered it to me. And, um, and it was a great time for me to shift and transition um, with where I was with my family and um, and such that uh, that that I was able to jump into that and 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 to that point you know you jump in as a volunteer coach you never really know what you're getting into I knew I had a lot to offer to the game um, but uh, you know not all volunteer positions are created equal for a lot of different reasons which I'm sure we can jump into but um, the main draw here was that it was really easy to work with and for. Uh, a man that you respect, um, a man that is of high ethics, uh, and then equally as important, a man that that believed in me and and gave me, um, you know, the 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 sense of 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 pride, honestly, to to be able to work with our players on a day in and day out basis. Um, he made it a point to make sure that we all checked our egos at the door, and 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 you know, maybe my first year, I, I kind of was hesitant to maybe stepping on. Um, you know, Coach Salento, Bill Salento, the assistant associate head coach now, step on his toes from an offensive standpoint. And and Coach Walter had uh, took the time to pull me aside and said, look, you're here for a reason. And you don't need to worry about stepping on people's toes. You need to, you know, give what you got to give and, and let's help us make this thing better. And so uh, I was so fortunate and blessed uh, over my, my seven years, completely fulfilled, totally happy, um, amazing situation. Uh, it was going to take a, a a really awesome opportunity like HPU to come along for me to even consider to leave because um, amazing staff, amazing place, amazing university with, with great opportunities, um, you know, day in and day out. You talk about that success that you and the staff had there at Wake Forest. You take a look at it, and, I mean, you were on the brink literally in, I think, what, 2017 of Omaha. So just – and just talk about that experience and, you know, everything you learned from Coach Walter as well as the other assistants there and how that prepared you as well as that head coaching experience you brought from the high school level and how that, you know, has readied you for that HPU opportunity. Yeah, no, great. A special team, no doubt. And again, as I mentioned before, it it, it it was, you know, a lot to do with the players. We had a lot of, you know, future big leaguers on that team and first round draft picks. And um, and so that certainly helps. But uh, but that team had a special kind of magic to it. Right. Because, you know, since then, we've had other first round draft picks that w would come through Wake Forest, but just couldn't seem to recapture. And a lot of that is because it's the ACC and it's a challenging league. And uh, but we just couldn't capture that same magic that we had in 2017. And um, and, and so some of the things that you kind of take away from that is, is just uh, try to identify what, what buttons were pushed and, and what that character and makeup of the team 
um, whether it be in certain, you know, uh, small details uh, or whether it be leadership or decisions made from a coaching staff to help guide and direct this this group of, of young men um, to, to your point on a brink, you know, a matter of a few inches of a foul ball down the left field line away from 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 going to Omaha and 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 took the uh, eventual champs to a three game series uh, at their place and and again a few inches away from from eliminating them and, and going on and potentially winning the whole thing so uh, you, you take those experiences and you try to unpack them and as much as we know that it has a lot to do with the players and their skill set you also you know you never really try to recreate that magic because that's just one team but you try to take some of those lessons and 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 the character of that team. And do the best that you can to 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 build that same magic with with each group that you have, and it's it's a difficult task, no doubt. So you've been on the job there in High Point uh, roughly seven months now. Um, so give us the Cliff Notes version of those last seven months. Obviously, uh, recruiting, but then also fall baseball, and you know, getting everything implemented in terms of your culture and uh, schemes and so forth. Yeah, so the, the, I don't know if there is a Cliff's Nose version. I can just tell you it, 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 it comes fast <laughs> and furious, right? And and uh, and to this point, uh, or to that point also, you know, Coach Walter, I, I owe a lot to him and, and Coach Salento, um, for that matter, to, to help prepare. Um, you know, I knew I was getting into a situation that uh, that I hadn't really experienced before, no fault of mine, but I uh, hadn't really experienced it. And, and the baseball part, as we all know, um, is typically the easiest part of this. It's it's the day in and day out logistics, um, the scheduling, and at the end of the day, how, you know, when when a when a when a difficult decision comes up, and and by difficult I mean kind of a, you know, a right versus right decision, one where either one is right, it's just which one is better for the program and the direction. Uh, at the end of the day, it ultimately falls on you as a as a as a head coach, and and I I embrace that challenge, but. Um, you know, it, it, uh, it, it comes at you. And so, yeah, it's been a lot. Um, we've been super fortunate and, and a lot of this, it has to do with the fact that, uh, again, tremendously blessed by being able to put together a staff that I'm, uh, so proud of and, and thankful for, uh, of, of, of a mix of hunger and youth and, and veteran, um, you know, folks that have been there, done that, that we've been able to hit the ground running and, and tackle the recruiting and, and, and really, you know, hammer out this incoming class for, for next year uh, went a lot faster and, and, and maybe better than I had even anticipated uh, to the point in which we've got a head start on our 23 class, which we've already got the, the, the core nucleus of that group uh, committed as well. So we've been grinding, we've been working really hard. All the meanwhile, really trying to, as you said, uh, instill our our values, right? We're a value-based program that we want to we want to build this off of uh, some key themes, um, and uh, and energy is one of them. Uh, one of the first challenges I've had, and anybody who's ever been around me knows that uh, that's a prerequisite. And uh, my challenge is is for all of our players and our staff to match my energy every day, and they're not going to do it. But that's what the expectation is, and if they can come close, then we're going to be in great shape. And so. Um, you know, th those things are fairly simple to, to get installed, uh, but you never really know where it lands until you, you do it day in and day out. And you experience some success and failure that comes with it uh, to these players point or, or credit. They've done everything that that we as a staff have asked of them. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful for that. They're hungry um, and they're excited. And it's a great core uh, here that we can really build something around and um, you know, I'm not naive. It's going to take some time. Um, there's some resetting that needs to happen, but uh, but I'm in for the challenge, and our players, more importantly, are up for it as well. 
you mentioned that core. Um, tell us about some of those players. And I don't know exactly what you return, uh, but just talk about uh, some of those players that make up that core. And um, we'll start positionally. Yeah, positionally, listen, there's a, there's a really good core of, of position players that are returning. I think, um, you know, I think it's, it's not a surprise. That's the strength of the team. Um, you've got some veterans, uh, some guys that have been here, Sam Zajac, Brady Paree. These guys have been around. Um, you know, Brady's coming off a hip injury, uh, hip surgery over, over the, the break, but he's doing a great job right now. Uh, veteran, um, you know, uh, the experience that these guys bring day in and day out is um, is great and, and it's huge for us. But but we've got this core of other position guys that are really going to help us from Blake Sutton as a catcher. Uh, Cole Singh sank hit 340 last year's first base. Adam Stewart in the middle of the infield holding it together. And, and Peyton Carr, who was a true freshman last year, led the team in homers and hit over 300. So, I mean, there's a lot to be excited about. Um, you, you add that core to uh, some young incoming freshmen and then some transfers that we were able to secure in a short period of time to become more athletic we added you know cam lee and javon fields and some outfielders that uh elevate our athleticism and and, and veteran um you know some leadership as well um and uh, from a position player standpoint that is uh it, it's 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 been it's been really fun to watch uh as we've kind of tried to cut them loose and turn them loose and allow them to be even more aggressive and and try to do damage from an offensive standpoint that's where my background is it's what it comes from at wake forest that's what we did and i'm not trying to replicate the exact same type of a team, but you can't run away, you know, from your stripes and who you are. And and so we've been fortunate to have a, a roster positionally that, that can match some of the things that I would classify as a strength of mine. You mentioned some of those talented incoming pieces. Um, you talk about the things that those uh, veterans had, had proven, um, but some of those incoming pieces, you know, who were some guys that, uh, you know, could potentially – you know, arrive onto the scene pretty quickly in this spring. Yeah, so I, I mentioned Javon Fields is one. He's a transfer from Towson. He's a, a you know just just a tremendous leader. Um, you know, athletic player who's who's been there and done that. He's had success at Division One level in the CAA conference, and um, and so we're going to rely a lot on that. And he and he provides some stability. Um, you know, in the outfield and in the lineup as well. Um, and we've got a junior transfer, Cam Lee, who's really, uh, you know, really established himself, came in quite frankly in, in full transparency with no no guarantees of, of, of even, you know, on the roster. Uh, and this guy came in and, and has done nothing short of, of, of been amazing to, uh, to earn an opportunity to go out and play every day, uh, to go from, you know, so it just kind of speaks to what he's been able to bring to the table to go from a guy who uh, wasn't really guaranteed an opportunity to, to, to make the club for that matter to a guy we're talking about, you know, you know, potentially playing every day. Uh, so that just speaks to, to his work and, and what he's been able to do. Um, we were able to, uh, to add, uh, you know, a pitcher, um, and, and some help in that area. Lou Stallone is a transfer from Arkansas. Um, you know, we, we got some help there from Arkansas pitching coach, Matt Hobbs, who was a former, uh, you know, co-coach of mine at Wake Forest. And so, you know, I was able to reach out uh, and, and talk to Coach Hobbs a little bit about Lou and, and his makeup and who he is and the opportunity that we present ourselves here. And so Coach Hobbs was able to communicate to Lou the type of person that uh, that I am and the staff and the, and the, and the you know, culture that I want to build. And 
we've been fortunate uh, to have Lou. Lou came in and did a phenomenal job in the fall, and we expect big things from him too. So, um, you know, huge helps across the board, you know, through through all of this. And so we've been really, really fortunate to have a, a core group of these guys that come in that can really make an impact and add to this core of, of hungry young players who really want to, you know, change things and get things turned around. You talk about Lou coming into the program. So let's shift over and talk about the pitching staff. Um, what are some you know, general things you can tell us about your staff? And then let's dive into the weekend rotation. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously we're still very early on. Uh, so that could obviously uh, change here in the next few weeks between now and opening day. Yeah, yeah. So, um, again, it, you know, we, we, we bring back a lot of a lot of pitching and uh, uh, a lot of it is is got to continue to develop, and we've done a really good job. Um, coach Miller's our uh, Miles Miller's our pitching coach. Uh, he came from Towson. He's formerly at Butler, and um, you know, a, a veteran coach who who is uh, does a phenomenal job meeting each one of our pitchers with where they're at, and, and helps guide them to where we want them to go. And all the meanwhile, can do that with varying styles and degrees. You know, we're not going to be the the program that's going to adhere to one particular uh, approach or process to, to, to be successful or great. Um, we feel like there's a lot of different ways to do that. And we have to be, we have to have some diversity amongst our, our skill set as a staff to be able to help, you know, reach everybody on our team. And so Miles is, has done a great job between him and Chris Maynes, who's our volunteer coach who works with our pitchers and Gavin Wayman, director of operations and development, who's a former pitcher, uh, four miles at Towson, uh, we've got a three-headed monster of some pitching coaches that have the ability to uh, capture through various different styles and, and personalities for that matter, um, the vast majority of our, our guys on our staff. And so, um, listen, again, they know they needed to get better. They need to improve. We need to throw better, more strikes. Um, we need to, 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 to stay healthy. Um, and, and, and we need to have clearly defined roles. Uh, those are all things that we identified uh, when, when getting the job that, uh, that, that needed to take place. There's some talent. There's no doubt. There's some frontline arms, some big arms. Um, but to your point, this season's about to start here. Um, it's, a, it's a true meritocracy, right? If you, if you can come here and you compete and you earn a role, then, uh, then in a lot of respects, this is the most refreshing opportunity in college baseball, or at least in North Carolina, being a new staff here, that uh, nobody came in to this with, um, you know, hand-wrapped uh, Friday night starter or closer status, uh, because I didn't have any reference point to really go by. And so all jobs and opportunities were earned in the fall and will continue to be earned in this early part of the spring. And that's exciting. So let's take a look, uh, lastly, at your schedule. Um, obviously, being located where you are, and you have so many quality programs throughout this region. Uh, you play the likes in a three-game set uh, with um, the College of Charleston. Pittsburgh, an ACC program, comes to Willard Stadium. West Virginia out of the Big 12 comes to Willard Stadium. Um, you open things up down at uh, Jacksonville, and then obviously you're going to play um, a lot of those in-state ACC programs um, throughout the year. So just talk about your schedule and then um, the Big South Conference Challenge. Yeah, uh, absolutely intentional. Uh, one of the first orders of business, obviously, I needed to get the staff. But uh, listen, coming from my only real experience in college baseball was at a Power 5 school in Wake Forest, and I understood what that meant, and I understood what that felt like. I also understood on the other end of that as a Power 5 coach it, with a Power 5 team that oftentimes you would go in and play against a mid-major program um, that are really good. Um, but many times you had this uh, – 
you, you kind of went into it with a little bit of an advantage right off the, the, the right off the bat, just because of who you are and the way you carried yourself and what your expectations were, and maybe what the mid-major programs thought of you as a Power Five school. And so, um, having having known that and witnessed that firsthand, part of the, the the first objective, call it naive or whatever, is is we need to carry ourselves like a Power Five program in a mid-major. Uh, um, you know, body, so to speak. And, and one of the easiest ways to do that is to put yourself out there and, and challenge yourself in scheduling to play against these teams, to prepare you for our challenges in the Big South Conference. And then hopefully in future, you know, in, in the immediate future to be able to prepare you for, for what a regional experience looks like. And so, uh, again, absolutely intentional to load our schedule up with um, you know, a ton of power five schools, um, a ton of top 50 to a top 100 RPI schools. Um, we wanted to get on the road. We wanted to experience what that looks like. Um, and we wanted to be able to play some of them at home as well, because the expectation isn't just to go play them um, and rub elbows against them. The expectation is to go beat them. Uh, I love Coach Walter, and, he's, and, and we respect the mess out of each other. And it's going to be awesome to get to play against those guys, but we're trying to beat them, right? And that's what the expectation is. And I'm sure they feel the same way. And, uh, and, and so we, we made that very clear with our team and we want to communicate that to recruits and everywhere that that's what our expectation here is. And if you know what, if that's scary um, and that's something that you're, you're, you're afraid of, then this isn't the right place for you. And, uh, and, and the sooner we know that, the better, uh, because that's what the expectation needs to be moving forward. Uh, and to that point, it's because the Big South Conference is, it's presents its challenges in and of itself. You know, any team on on a weekend in college baseball has the ability to run some guys out there that are going to be challenging um, no matter what. And uh, there's some established programs in this league, no doubt, that have that have put themselves in the national uh, spotlight for for good reasons. And we want to get in that same category. We want to get in that and, and, and compete against those guys and be considered in, in the same light. And I don't think that's unrealistic um, or unreasonable. And that's absolutely the expectation. You talk about programs within the Big South that have, you know, been on that big stage in the NCAA tournament and turned some heads. Um, you, right here within the state, you have Campbell. Uh, everything that Coach Hare's done down there, um, you know, went to a regional championship at East Carolina, and then also last year um, held up very well and really put a scare into Mississippi State um, down in Starkville. Yeah, yeah, again, you know, phenomenal. What they've done from, from where Coach Hare started in that program to where they're at now, it's uh, it's a blueprint. It's what, you know, and again, I say that, um, it's not that they're trying to hide what they do. It, it takes really good hard work, right, and and, and and a lot of effort, and there's a lot of pieces that, that need to be put in place. And, I, you know, again, it's a blueprint, but we need to be HPU. We can't be, you know, try to be Campbell or try to be Upstate or try to be Gardner-Webb or, or try try to be any of these programs that are in here. We need to be the best version of HPU we can because, you know, we have a lot of things that we have to offer that maybe other places don't. And and, and maybe we have some other shortcomings that other places have advantages on. And then um, the bottom line is, is that, uh, you know, our job is to, to elevate this program to be the best that it can be. We think we can do that. Um, and, and places like Campbell are, are a great example of how it can be done on a national stage in the Big South Conference. Speaking of the Big South Conference, um, you had the opportunity to, to host a Big South Conference tournament um, in downtown High Point at the beautiful uh, Rockers Stadium. So just talk about what that means to your program. Yeah, well, it means we've got to be good enough to make the tournament. That's the first thing yeah. it means. Um, but no, it's, 
it's 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 phenomenal it's awesome listen we 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 just got a a complete total uh field renovation where our field turf is is now covered with snow but it's all in place now um and it was under construction the entire fall and so we you know with the relationship we have with the folks at the rockers um and uh and the connection with the general manager there who's got way forest ties and i've known him from for for a while there uh we've been able to, to to spend a lot of time there in the fall to get our scrimmages and practices at that facility um so we know firsthand that it's a great facility it's an awesome opportunity to go play games um and uh so we're fortunate that it's here uh, again it really only benefits us if we're good enough to be in there and again that's the expectation our players know that we're not going to shy away from that um and uh and and we fully hope and expect to be you know competing in that um and and, and it stands to be a, a an awesome opportunity for our program coach uh, as we record this and you know we're essentially a month out just under a month out so you know tell folks um, how they can follow you on social media and then also that hpu baseball program on social media yeah, no. So there, there, there. You know, I think we have we have all of them. It's not 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 challenging to find uh, on Twitter and um, and uh, and Instagram and and obviously just on our website as well. Um, we 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 do have a uh, an analytics uh, you know account as well that uh, hopefully we'll uh, be able to throw a lot now with our our partnership and and installation of TrackMan. Now we have a lot more data that we'd like to kind of put out there. I think it gives an inside, um, you know, piece some more information for fans to get connected with this new age of of analytics and data, and uh, and and I think that's going to be a, a really neat uh, opportunity for folks to dive into and follow that, um, and just follow our program in general. We're going to do a really good job. We've got a great team of folks here that are that that, that dive into the social media aspect uh, of it, and uh, and then it's another area that we need to get better at as well. Um, and, and we're working uh, day in and day out. We want to be able to utilize um, those tools to uh, to express, you know, how fortunate we are with things like our facility and 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 uh, and our equipment and our players specifically. Uh, we want to highlight those things so that it can bring some attention to, to HBU, you know, across the region. Well, Coach, we certainly appreciate you carving some time out for us on this afternoon. Uh, best of luck in the 2022 season, and we look forward to having you back on sometime down the road. Anytime, Bob. I appreciate it. Thank you.
Welcome into the Sports Objective. We appreciate everyone tuning in whenever and however you're watching or listening, whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. And remember, our show can also be found in audio only or podcast form pretty much everywhere podcasts are found, including but not limited to Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and Spotify. We're just over three weeks from opening day, or exactly exactly three weeks from opening day, and uh, right now on our D1 baseball preview for the state of North Carolina. We're joined by the third-year head coach of the Gardner-Webb running Bulldogs, Jim Chester. Coach, we appreciate your time this morning. No, thank you. Awesome. It uh, wouldn't be the start of a baseball season without speaking to you. You Always enjoy our chat, and, you know, we look forward to talking about your Diamond Dogs this morning. Um, You know, year one, an abbreviated year one back in 2020. uh, You went eight and eight last year, 29 and 23, and um, had the best finish in program history in the big south 27 and 13. yeah last year was a was a was a uh was a great year um unique unique type group and um you know 2020 really set the stage for 2021 i mean we were set to lose um 12 seniors and if i remember correctly eight of them came back which were really impact players for us and uh really have set the groundwork and had some success last year to to you know, let the guys on our roster know like what it takes to to to, to play a high level um, at a high level baseball. Now you, you take a look at last season. Um, you had a little bit of a slow start, um, but then uh, you really played tremendous baseball down the stretch. Um, I think you went something like twenty six and fourteen after a three and nine start. Uh, you did play the likes of Georgia and Campbell right out of the gate, so uh, a cha- challenging start. So uh, just. Just talk about a little more on the season on a whole and the way your ball club developed. Yeah, I think that, that definitely we went and, um, you know, again, we started the year, if we forget, to, we, we opened up with Wofford, who who was the uh, SoCon regular season champs, and um, they were tremendous. Um, then we had Georgia and then Campbell. And so, you know, I think a lot of it had to do with being battle-tested, um, had some adversity early on. Um, did have, even with the returners that we had, we had some new that was meshing in and, you know, it's again, it's uh, the guys probably um, get tired of hearing me say it, but uh, you know, the the the, the whole year, the season, um, it, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So that was just you know the first first leg of the marathon, and um, just we're kind of finding our footing. You know, so what we needed to do. So it was uh, like I said, it was a good run last year. Let's take a look at uh, this year's ball club uh, as you enter 2022 and start with your pitching staff. I know you return a couple of tremendous arms. It's 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 um it's it's interesting. You know we 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 you know I'm going to be biased here when I say this, but I, we 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 I thought we had the best arm in the country last year in Mason Miller. Um, again, that's a coach being biased. Um, you know he went in the third round of the Oakland A's and was uh you know tremendous 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 talent. Um, we lose him. And I, I think that from top to bottom, our staff is um, in a better place than it was a year ago. Um, do we have guys that are 97 to 100? No, we don't quite have that running around this year. But um, the, the, you know, the talent level, the commitment, um, all the things that are needed to have success from on that, on that part of the field um, is really there in our pitching staff. So we're really, really excited um, to watch this group this year. And who are some of those guys that you expect to see significant 
contributions from um i know um, i was reading the notes on your website as far as kyle skidmore said he was your top reliever in 2021 five and one and had a save in 21 appearances and he uh, had the opportunity to to do what a lot of college baseball players strive to do and that's play up in up in cape cod over the summer yeah kyle's definitely a big piece um you know he's uh he's tremendous um you know he's uh they call him the old man on the team he's uh you know, he's in his, I believe it's his sixth year of college baseball with the COVID and everything. He's finishing his master's degree. And uh, he's a, what, what, what an outstanding, uh, forget about the numbers, just the leadership piece he brings every day, how he goes about his business, his work ethic. It's infectious amongst the group and um, t- tremendous young man. I'll tell you an interesting piece about Kyle and the Cape. Um, you know, he, again, he had an opportunity to do that, which, you know, we all dream of, you know, having that opportunity. Um, his father, his brother and himself all played in the Cape, which I think is pretty cool. Um, so that's an interest, interesting fact about Kyle Skidmore. Yeah, that is uh, definitely very interesting. Um, unique opportunity for, for those gentlemen. And uh, you know, shift over and take us around the horn very quickly, you know, position by position. Uh, let's start with your infield. Yeah, um, you know, we got got a junior college transfer uh, projected to – uh, play a good good bit of third. Uh, Dagan Brady from the Osho in Kansas. Um, we have uh, Alex Ray uh, at shortstop, um, who uh, was the starting shortstop at Louisiana Tech last year. Um, they hosted a regional. Um, talented, super talented young man. Um, AJ Jones um, is a young man from Eastern North Carolina um, that was a role player for us last year. That's going to step in and and have some uh, you know impact in our lineup uh, going into the season. Um, also have a, a grad transfer um, in uh, Alec Burns from West Virginia. Um, physical kid, hit seven home runs for the Mountaineers last year. Um, I think it's going to have really be enhance our lineup. Uh, Pete Capabianco is a sophomore from Pennsylvania. They, they can literally play any position. Um, he can, he, every day he probably could be catching third, short, first. I mean, you could put this kid anywhere. Um, he's going to be a staple in our lineup. Um, also have Trevor Masson. Um, he's from a, he's a Division three grad transfer um, from Pennsylvania uh, via California. Um, swing the bat. He's also pretty versatile. Probably gonna be in a DH position. Play some third. Play some first. We've got we've got a lot of versatility there, and um, just excited to watch the watch that group play too. What about out in the outfield? Uh, what do you return, or maybe wh- what do you bring in that has a chance to be significant contributors? Yeah, I think the leader outfielder is Curtis Robeson. He's a grad transfer from Penn State. Um, everyday guy there. Uh, was a young man I recruited out of high school. He's what now four or five years ago when I was at Lock Haven, and um, blessed he's able to be here with us. Physical left-handed hitter, good athlete. Um, he's going to be able to leave the yard. I'm excited about him. Benino Mandela is a um, in his third year here, but a COVID sophomore. Um, role guy was a pinch runner, defensive replacement. It's his time now to go out there and run around the field and. Uh, and uh, put up some numbers. We we're, we're excited to see uh, the things he can do as an everyday guy. Um, Nate Anderson and Jacob Marcos are, are two young, uh, well, not young guys. Nate's Nate's a Nate's a redshirt freshman that's a, got a bright, bright future in our program. Jacob Marcos um, is, a, is a COVID junior, um, probably one of the fastest guys in the Big South, can go get it as good as anybody I've ever coached. Um, and those two guys are going to be manning down center field and complimenting each other and uh, – just, just a deep group that, um, you know, I think that uh, if anything happens to anybody, I think we, the next man up is going to be, uh, you know, a pretty special replacement. 
you've obviously already referenced on several of these guys, but um, just on the whole, when you take a look at the numbers, you know, how many guys do you have coming in? How many new pieces to your roster? There, there, there's a lot. It's funny. It's um, Coach Marks and I were speaking the other day about the last year we were we were playing. I forget one of the series at the end of the year, and we're kind of looking out as the guys are getting ready before uh, the inning started. And I said, Coach, nobody on that field's back next year. Do you know what I mean? So it's <laughs> we we position player wise, we got we've got you know we've got a lot of new guys as far as it goes. Uh, seems to be the trend in college baseball. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of transferring going on, a lot of different things. Um, you know, and uh, you know, I think that, you know, trying to, you know, you know, you, you can you can replace pieces pretty quick nowadays. So um, to give you I don't I, I'll be honest, with you, I really don't have the exact numbers off the top of my head. We had, you know, one pl- one place we did not speak about was behind the dish um, yet. Um, but we do have a returner back there in Bo Ruscher, uh from Salisbury, North Carolina. Um, third year guy, COVID sophomore, just a, you know, um, blue collar type kid. that's really, really developed and grown and. He's gonna he's gonna do some good things this year too. So on the returning end, uh, most of our returners come on the mound. And before we talk about your schedule and on that topic about the transfer portal, you know exactly what are your thoughts there? You, you talk about bringing in a guy or two at least uh, from that route uh, this year. Um, that's that's kind of a new phenomenon being able to transfer um, within the Division One ranks. And normally you would have had to transfer down to play immediately, but ne- that's no longer the case. You have that one time transfer. Mm-hmm. So. Um, when you know a guy is going to be coming in probably for just one, maybe two years, uh, talk about that dynamic and, uh, you know, uh, deciding whether it's a fit for your program and so forth. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, you know, Bubba, I think that every coach, if you interviewed a hundred coaches, they're going to tell you different things. Um, I think there's the side of the coach who'll sit here and tell you that maybe that they lost three or four of their better players to the portal for whatever reason. So it's, um, you know, that they may not like it. Um, you know, last year in the portal, we, in the transfer portal, from the grad transfer route, we added a third-round draft pick, an all-region designated hitter, um, you know, an everyday third baseman. I can go down the list here of some guys that, that came in and made an immediate impact. Um, and also, too, Gardner-Webb is an outstanding option for grad transfers. I mean, we have, um, you know, we've got the right majors in a lot of ways, and they're 10-month majors. And, you know, I, I think that, I tell everybody this, a year is a long time. So, I mean, you know, it's when, when you look at the big picture, some, sometimes people say, well, you only get somebody for a year or two. And I go, you know, I don't know. We had a good run last year. And I think that that run um, helped put our program in a better place than it was the year before. And um, if that can allow us to get in and, you know, as far as our brand, our marketability, our recruitment, um, everything that we do, I, I – it's all a benefit in my in, in, in my view. Coach, uh, as always, you play a tremendous schedule. Um, you, know, you you have the opportunity to host the Jerry Bryson Classic there um, in Bowling Springs, and you have UVA out of the ACC coming in. Uh, awesome uh, opportunity. And then uh, you have a series down at Georgia Tech. As well, and then within the league, you get Campbell at home this year. Yeah, we the, the the twenty-two slate's a good one. Um, you know, definitely some marquee opponents, especially at home. I mean, what an outstanding opportunity to play Virginia opening weekend here in Boiling Springs. Also have uh, Wake Forest coming to town um, in April, um, so outstanding there. Get to go to head to North Carolina, head to South Carolina. Um, got a weekend trip to Georgia Tech, um, who is in every single uh, preseason ranking anywhere, I believe, from 
seven or eight to you know eighteen somewhere in that in that you know, so they're, they're going to be outstanding. So again, we're, we're you know the the goal for us is to 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 win our first Big South championship in program history. Um, for us to put ourselves in that position, we have to play the most challenging schedule as possible. And I believe that we've set forth um, the groundwork here to to really have our young men battle tested when it comes, you know, late May when we're trying to compete for a championship. And final thing for you is um, we wrap this up and just talk about um, some of the other things that, um, you know, recruits get excited about and, and when they visit campus and they make your um, – ability to to prepare you know a little bit easier and so forth uh, mm-hmm. uh talk about your facilities there uh, at gw sure i think that the best thing a lot of times anybody watching is please go please go on social media and follow us um gw baseball on, on twitter and instagram um we, we have an outstanding um uh, group that, that updates those things and and we keep everything moving in the right direction i mean we, we just constantly recruiting is the lifeblood lifeblood of our program we want to showcase the things that we have um, just got brand new turf infield. It's, it's amazing. It's uh, it's a, there's an extra bounce in our player steps. To, you know, in this preseason practice, being able to get out on that surface. Um, brand new bullpen. Um, they got finished four wide, out eleven plyo stations. Um, we're also covering that here in the next month. Um, the the training area where the plyo stations are. So we're gonna be able to get some things done in inclement weather. Um, starting a uh, huge fundraising phase for an indoor facility, 120 by 120 turf four cages, the opportunity to have four lanes to pitch in, uh, bullpen areas. Um, so we got we got a lot of good things moving in the right direction. Um, couldn't happen without the support of the institution, um, our athletic administration, and just a, you know, a vision from our coaching staff and uh, to work at it day in and day out. Well, Coach, you certainly had, had uh, success wherever you've um, been and um, definitely trending that way there in Bowling Springs, doing some unprecedented things within the Big South Conference. Uh, congratulations to you and your staff, and we, you know, we look forward to having you back on um, down the road. No problem. Thank you, Bubba. Thanks for what you do for, uh, for college baseball, especially in North Carolina. Sports Objective and our NCD1 Baseball Preview. We appreciate everyone tuning in whenever and however you're watching or listening, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. Our show can also be found in audio only or podcast form pretty much everywhere podcasts are found, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, and Spotify. 
it's hard to believe we're, we're only a month away or a little under a month away from the start of the college baseball season. And over the last couple of days, we've had a chance to talk to first-year high point head coach Joey Hammond and Scott Friedholm of UNC Asheville. Today we're staying within the Big South Conference as we're down in Bowie's Creek catching up with the eighth-year head coach of the Campbell Camels, Justin Hare. Good morning, Coach. Welcome back to the program. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate you having me on, man. It's always a good time to, to catch up. When, when we get on, I know it's, it's getting close to opening day and, and uh, you know, fired up to get rolling. Absolutely. In addition to our annual conversation, um, obviously you have snow on the ground. Um, I think a little more my way here in the greater Charlotte area, but um, that's something else that tells you baseball season is just around the corner, right? <laughs> Yeah, no doubt. We, we we luckily avoided the snow thus far, um, and uh, we're we're rolling along okay. But uh, you know, coming up this weekend, you never know. Um, you get to the end of of January and beginning of February, it's like, all right, man, we got we got winter storm warnings, and we're trying yeah. to get practice <laughs> scheduled and and uh, trying to get it all figured out. So, so as we get rolling, uh, before we dive into this year's club and um, a lot of uh, expectations um, that you've built there in Bowie's Creek with that Campbell program. But um, going back to last season, 2021, uh, you win the Big South, uh, 37 and 18. Uh, what, a, what a tremendous year, if you would kind of put a bow on last season. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it was it was uh, a really interesting year, obviously, as as we're trying to get back and, and get rolling and, and navigate through COVID protocols and everybody having different COVID protocols and all kinds of different stuff like that. But, uh, you know, was thankful to be able to, to play. Um, you know, we, we uh, just like a lot of teams, I think had some, some growing pains early trying to figure out exactly who we were and, and what our identity as a club was. And, and then we got rolling and, and we're playing our best baseball down the stretch. I think, um, you know, I think we finished before we got to a regional. I think we finished like 14 and one in the month of May or 14 and two, maybe in the month of May. Um, so we're really playing well. Um, late won the regular season, lost in the conference tournament championship game to Presbyterian. Um, and we're fortunate enough to, to get an at large bid, our first um, at large bid in school history. And um, you know, a, a number three seed for the second year in a row. Um, you know, going to the Mississippi State Regional and, and lost in the regional finals, our second straight um, regional final, um, lost to Mississippi State six to five in the regional championship game. And obviously they went on to, to win the national championship. So um, just a really special group. I, I felt um, very thankful and very fortunate um, because we had a lot of, of uh, COVID seniors that, that had a chance to, to really write their story. Um, and try to leave this program better than how they found it that that would have graduated and moved on after 2020. Um, so for them to, to have that opportunity to to come in and do something special in 2021 um, was was really, really um, rewarding. And, and I was really thankful for those guys and, and their commitment to our program. And, and uh, I feel like they certainly left it better than how they found it. You talk about that regional down in Starkville, if you would. You know, tell our viewers and listeners about that atmosphere at the new dude, as they call it, Duty Noble. Um, what a tremendous venue for college baseball. And you could tell those Mississippi State fans when you took them to the brink in that game six of that regional, um, you know, that they were very um, – obviously they were they were getting on you. Um, that goes without saying. But at the same time, they were very respectful and, you know, from the standpoint of uh, applauding the effort of the Camels and um, recognizing the type of program you have. 
Yeah, the the stadium is maybe the best, you know, best atmosphere that that we've ever played in and and um the stadium is really unreal. It's um phenomenal facility. Um and we played in some good regionals in 14. We played at South Carolina um when they were rolling and uh 18 we played at Georgia. 19 we played uh at East Carolina and and then now in 21 we played at Mississippi State and and all were were uh, great facilities. All were um, really well put on um, regionals, but uh, you know at Mississippi State it was it was a little bit different. You know it was it was uh, it, it had a different vibe to it. The stadiums, um, it is the Taj Mahal of college baseball. I would be hard pressed to find a place that that is put together better than that place. Um, their fans were amazing. They latched onto our guys um, from night one. Uh, in all honesty, um, I don't know if it's just the style of play that we have or the type of of players that we have in our program. They really latched on to um, the way we play, and and you know, as we were playing VCU and we were playing Samford, um, we had lots of we had lots of Mississippi State Bulldog fans that were cheering for the Camels, which was which was awesome. And then um, you know, obviously. Um, they were very complimentary of our complimentary of our program um, as as they eliminated us, and and uh, it was funny because uh, because of the way that that um, that the regionals were structured last year with predetermined sites. Had we won that regional, we would have stayed at Mississippi State and played Notre Dame at Mississippi State. And I, I you know, and and I, I I joke with our our coaches that that I feel like they still would have had 15,000 people there, but instead of maroon, they would have had orange and black on. Um, I think we, we had won over their, their fan base in terms of our players um, just being genuine and, and being, you know, hard nosed and uh, was a great experience for our guys. Obviously we, we wish that we would have been able to punch through and, and, uh, and come through that regional, but, but um, you know, for, especially for those 11 seniors that, um, you know, that came back um, and, and, and took advantage of that COVID year. Um, what a tremendous experience for those guys and, and an opportunity to end their collegiate career on a high note. You referenced all that recent success. Um, last year was the first at-large bid. And, um, you know, it may have been a case, you know, where in previous seasons, if you hadn't gotten an automatic bid, maybe you could have gotten an at-large bid. But getting that first at-large bid and I mean, the, the program um, accomplishing more first just talk about going into this season. I know some polls, and I know coaches don't care about the polls other than the standpoint it means your program is on that right track and where you want it to be um, in the big scheme of things. But um, just talk about that. I know, I know collegiate baseball has you 29th, and uh, most people are expecting you to win the Big South once again. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, uh, I think that there's programs out there that, that – that's that's a that's a regular for them and and that's that's great um i think being in the top 30 going into the season again first time ever i think in a, in a major poll um is is something that um it's not necessarily a reflection of this year's team though i think that we are very talented and have a chance to do some special things i think it's a reflection of all the guys that have have played here over the last 15 years you know i think when when we got here in 2007, in the in the fall of 2007, you know we had a, a dream and a hope and a vision to turn this program into something that um, that got respect on a national level, and and um, you know, and so getting you know some recognition going into a season from a, from a preseason standpoint, um, 
I think is just a culmination of, of a lot of hard work of a lot of people and a lot of dedication. And, and, and a lot of our alumni can be very, very proud of that because um, it's a reflection of the work that they put in. And, and uh, you know, and, and I think that's a great, um, a great reflection of where we are as a program. Now, that being said, you know, this 2021 group or 2022 group is as we get ready to kick off here in about 30 days, um, they know they're a different product than what we were last year, than what we've been the last however many years. Um, and that they have a chance to write their own story. You know, I think that um, the, the, the standard of our play is, is, is not built on what preseason rankings look like or preseason expectations. The standard of our play and, and the way we conduct ourselves is, is built on the comparison of what we're capable of being. Are we capable of being uh, another championship quality club? And if so, how are we carrying ourselves on a day-to-day -day basis? So we really try to stay focused on that that um, that very small, very specific standard of where are we today versus what is the best version of ourselves and how can we move a little bit closer to that? And I think when we can stay um, focused on that standard and, and comparing ourselves to that standard, regardless of, of what the national polls say, then we're going to put ourselves in, in a position to to be there in the end. You talk about this club being very talented. Uh, you return the preseason, or excuse me, the 2021 Big South Player of the Year and Big South Freshman of the Year. So talk about those young men and then um, some of the other leaders that really returned from a year ago. Yeah, uh, uh, 2021 Big South Player of the Year, returning All-American Zach Neto, um, Cape Cod League All-Star this summer. Um, going to play shortstop for us most likely. Um, we'll, we'll pitch a little bit for us as well. Exceptional talent. Um, this is his third year in our program. He'll be a red shirt or a, or a COVID sophomore, I should say. Um, you know, obviously getting a lot of hype, but you know, what, what people don't understand about Zach is that, that he's, you know, maybe one of the best teammates, um, you know, that, that we have, you know, just in terms of, of a guy that, that that cares a lot about competing to win championships not for personal glory um to a guy that that loves being around his teammates and has a smile on his face all the time um looking forward to him just having a, a great year and just having a bunch of fun and and playing at a high level and and you know setting the tone for for our team um he loves he loves competing he loves being around the guys and and when he's in that mode um, that's when he starts to be dangerous. So um, looking forward to that. We got Tommy Harrington, um, Big South freshman of the year last year. He's actually a draft eligible sophomore um, coming into this year. He's been very good. Um, came out of the the bullpen against Mississippi State in the regional finals and and threw I think four or five innings and was was really exceptional um, there and and. Um, you know, looking for him to, to kind of anchor our staff. Um, we got some really other, you know, other really talented guys. Ryan Chassie is a, is a fourth year junior. Um, that's, that's been a two time all conference was freshman of the year in uh, in the conference in 19. Um, you know, he's been very good for us. Um, Cade Keeler is a sophomore that's been up to 98. Um, you know, we've got some guys that, that, um, that you know ty cummings is a sophomore our, our sophomore class is, is very talented on the mound he's a guy that came out of the bullpen for us a lot last year and we'll we'll be counted on to um to throw some big innings and big outs for us you know lineup wise we've got our top three back bryce arnold's a sophomore that that uh, started 
almost every day is DH last year as a freshman. He'll probably play third or second for us this year. Natural shortstop, uh, Canadian kid, hit 325 and um, had a really, really good freshman year. And then um, uh, Connor Denning is a, is a fifth-year senior. I was really surprised he didn't go in the draft last year, hit 340 with you know 41 extra base hits, kind of switch hitter, played center field for us that um, – you know, sat in that two hole all year and, and, um, you know, just, just really solidified what we're doing. So, you know, we've got some, some talented guys. We've got some guys returning. We've got some fifth year guys, a, a fifth year catcher, a guy named Ty Babin that's, that's played in three regionals. That's won a bunch of championships that knows what it looks like and, and, and how to prepare to, to win at a high level. Um, you know, so we've got some guys like that, that, that I think maybe aren't the sexiest name or, or the, the highest profile names that will have a, a profound impact on our team. So um, looking forward to getting rolling with these guys and, and uh, you know, trying to, trying to get into a groove and, and, and seeing what these guys are capable of doing. You talked about a lot of excellent arms there, um, but just overall, you know, you're getting into a situation in a regional where, where you lose game one, obviously that's tough for, for anyone, but um, with the depth of a pitching staff on um, just talk, going into the season how do you feel about the depth of your staff yeah i mean i think stuff wise this is probably the the most depth that we've had as a staff um when we got beat in 2018 at the regional um we lost to georgia and then we lost to duke and uh duke we had a lead we blew the lead late um we just kind of ran out of bullets on the mound and 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 we felt like for us to continue to build our program to where we needed to be um we needed to you know, continue to develop arms at a high level and, and kind of get out on the cutting edge and, and have a concerted effort to continue to develop those guys. And I think um, if you come watch us play or you come watch us inner squad and, and we're running out guys with really good stuff, um, very good athletes and, and, and guys that, that have a chance to do some really special things on the mound, um, I think you'll see that that um, you know by design. You know, again, you can design a lot of things. It doesn't always work out the way you want. But by design, um, I think that if we're going to get to Omaha, we're going to get to Omaha on the backs of our arms, and and our guys know that. Our pitching staff understands that. Um, you know, and so it's it's been really fun to watch those guys' development, and um, and I think that. Um, you know, we're going to be able to, you know, at least stuff wise, at least guys that, that have legitimate weekend type stuff, um, high leverage stuff. I think that, that we're going to be able to match up with, with quite a few people across the country um, on the mound. In a moment ago, you also referenced you know, some of the younger talent in the program. You know, who are some new guys on the scene, be it freshmen or transfers that have the opportunity to, um, to get on the field and be a significant contributor earlier on? Yeah, I think, um, you know, on the offensive side of the board, um, you know, we, we've, we've got a couple of, of um, you know, banger type guys, some middle of the order type guys, a guy named Logan Jordan that's a transfer from Iowa Western Community College, catcher, first baseman, um, DH type, big, strong, 6'4", 220, grew up as a hockey player in, in Minnesota, um, some real strength just um and and really good feel for the barrel so i think he's a guy that we're probably going to have to count on um to fill some of those you know we lost four five six in our lineup from last year um all fifth and sixth year seniors that that had a lot of production um you know so we're going to have to replace some of that we're going to have to find some guys to to fill in the gaps there 
Uh, Logan is one of those guys that um, that we'll count on to do that. Um, we got a transfer from from Alabama, uh, a catcher from Louisville, Kentucky, named Grant Nip. Um, that's a really good player. Um, still a little bit raw. Hasn't played in two springs. Lost his his senior year spring to COVID, and then redshirt last year at Alabama. And so, um, getting him back into the swing of things, he had a really solid fall. Um, I think his best days are ahead of him. He's a redshirt freshman, um, but again, physical, um, you know, physical body guy. Um, you know, which I think is a, a hallmark of our program in terms of our benchmark in our program in terms of middle of the order type guys having some some physicality. And we've got a really talented freshman um, infielder named uh, Dalen Thompson from right here, uh, right up the road at Triton High School in Dunn, um, you know, 15 minutes up the road. Um, young man's got a lot of talent, got got some tools. He's still very raw. Um, but, uh, you know, in terms of, of us having some freshmen that have come along and, and done some tremendous things for us, he's, he's right in that, you know, he's right in that group like Bryce Arnold and, and Zach Neto and some of those guys before him that, that have some talent that are going to need some seasoning. Um, but man, the tools are there and, and he's an exciting player for us. And then, um, you know, on the mound, we've got, uh, you know, a left-handed pitcher named Jordan Irizarry. Um, that's from the Virginia Beach area. Um, that's up to 92 or 93 with a plus changeup. Going to have some pitchability and um, you know, and and some and some fire about him and some competitive fire about him. Um, Garrett Kangas is a is a bullpen option sidearm type guy. That's that's a super competitor and and uh, very interesting. Um, you know, we've got you know some some transfers kind of from all over the country. Uh, left-handed pitcher, pitcher named Trent Adams from South Mountain Community College in Arizona, six-six left-hander that's got a chance to match up and do some great things, and and uh, and some wild cards um, that have big arms that uh, if they figure some things out, man, they're going to have a chance to to be big contributors. Guys like Kate Anderson and Landon Dorman that have been ninety-four, ninety-five with plus stuff, um, you know, but but are still figuring some things out, you know, and so. Um, I think finding the right situation for those guys to be in and, and be successful early and try to build some confidence is going to help us um, as we kind of move and, and navigate our way through the year. Taking a look at your schedule, uh, last year was a little unorthodox because of COVID and uh, the way the Big South Conference elected to do things uh, scheduling-wise, but this year more of a typical non-conference schedule and uh, you, you kick things off with a steadily improving App State um, program under Kermit Smith, but then, you know, you see programs like East Carolina, NC State, all those in-state um, powers, but then um, other programs, you have like, you have West Virginia coming to Perry Stadium, that, that has to be awesome, bringing a Big 12 club like Coach Macy's in. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think um, we, you know, Bubba, you know us, man, like we're, we're, we're going to play you, you know, we're going to hook it up and, and we're going to try to try to put a really challenging schedule non-conference wise together. I think that's the only way that, that nationally we're able to earn some respect and put ourselves in a position um, to potentially, um, you know, get an at-large bid. And so, you know, bring big 10 teams in like, like Maryland coming in and, and the big 12, um, Big 12 teams like West Virginia coming in and, and going up to, to Scott Jackson at Liberty, um, playing around Robin with Ohio State and Pitt and, and Army um, down at the stadium in Fayetteville. Just I think we've got eight 
Power five home, you know, eight eight games at home versus power five teams. Half of those we probably are going back to. We got East Carolina and Wilmington. Um, it's really fun. I, I, obviously, I think that that people uh, have some respect for our program in terms of the competitiveness of our guys. We have a um, very nice facility here, obviously with turf and video board and and a nice little stadium um, where we want to continue to improve that and continue to grow that. Um, but, but it's a nice place to come and play. Um, we're going to take care of you. Um, we're going to, you know, we're going to compete with you. Um, you know, and so I think it's a, a good spot, um, to be able to challenge our guys and, and to be able to put our position, you know, put our, put our program in a position to, um, to be in the mix RPI and strength of schedule wise at the end of the year. And last thing I have for you, Coach, you talk about the steadily improving facilities there at Campbell. I saw this year on your website just a few minutes ago that at Perry Stadium, uh, party decks are being offered. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, again, trying to um, trying to create atmosphere. You know, the last two regionals we've been to uh, in 2019 was at East Carolina, and they've got the jungle, and, and they got a lot of people out there that um, are enjoying themselves and having a good time and, and are big-time college baseball fans. And then we go to Mississippi state and they've got the left field lounge and they've got, you know, basically box seats all the way around um, the outfield fence where again, people are able to come and tailgate and grill out their own food and, and uh, have a good time and, and enjoy themselves and want to come back. And we want to create that atmosphere here. And so we've, we've built a couple of party decks out in left field. We've uh, built a berm out in right field where, where people are going to be able to to have access to the stadium two hours before game time and bring in their own grills and tents and um, chairs and, and, uh, and enjoy themselves and have a good time and, and make it be more of an experience than just, Hey, let's come watch a baseball game. Like come watch a baseball game, play cornhole, enjoy yourselves, bring your family, bring your friends, um, have a great time and come back and let's do it again. And, and, and let's see if we can start to, um, you know, start to build a, an experience for for our fans and for maybe people that haven't been here before. Um, and, and so I think that's an exciting piece for us as as we continue to try to grow our program and, and try to become uh, a destination place for for student athletes and for fans and stuff across the country um, is, is we're trying to build it the right way. And, and we're certainly trying to um, give people the experience and, and the good time that they can get at other places. Coach, um, with the season just around the corner, we really appreciate you making some time for us this morning, as always. And um, best of luck to you and the Camels throughout 2022. And I know we'll be having you on the show uh, throughout the season. Appreciate it, Bubba. I, I feel like, you know, sometime before that first midweek game, you might be calling me up again. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. It always seems that yeah. that time of year, right before that first Tuesday or Wednesday, I, I get a call from you. So uh, it's always a great time to, to jump on and, and really appreciate you reaching out and happy to jump on any time with you. Absolutely. Um, I'd say you're correct in that. And, <laughs> uh, and I'm just glad it's back on the schedule. It seems so, seems so weird last year, you know, going through those uh, midweeks and, um, and Campbell as well as some other opponents not being on there. Yeah, it's, it, it was a different year. Um, I think we're all glad to, to kind of be back to a normal schedule and, and trying to figure out this deal as we go along. I think, um, if we're not um, if we're not better educated by now, two years in on on how to handle right. and manage this, then then we're we're doing all of ourselves a disservice. So um, glad that we're getting the opportunity to do it, and and uh, looking forward to to the challenges ahead. All right, thanks again, Coach. Thanks, Bubba.